How many are ready? All things are possible. Amen. I'm glad you came tonight, back on Sunday night. Amen. The doors are open. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to tell you that this uh, Wednesday we're going to be praying over the youth, so don't miss the service Wednesday. They'll be heading out Saturday, so they won't be here for Sunday. So we're going to be specially taking time to pray over the youth for their trip, for covering, and then covering them all week long from Saturday to Saturday as they go to youth camp. And let's just pray that they just get just totally, totally jacked up in the Holy Spirit. Amen. In a good way. Just totally transformed. We had great um, results last year. And I cannot wait to hear the testimonies of what God is going to do in that camp. And so don't forget Wednesday night. And then also this Sunday, we said this morning our, our schedule's gotten a little messed up because of the revival and stuff. And we were supposed to do Mission Sunday today, but we're going to do it next Sunday. And what we want to do is I want to uh, take up a special offering this month for Costa Rica. But I want to send a missionary offering to the kids ministry that we started back in Costa Rica 15 years ago. And uh, I want uh, to send something specially to them. Um, They've been working in that ministry for 15 years. Isn't that amazing that that thing's been going on faithfully, reaching now, I don't know how many they're reaching a week, but I do know that they feed a couple hundred children every, every week and uh, touch the families, and they're, giving, uh, they're doing programs throughout the city. And so um, my dad has told me on Facebook that they're always posting pictures. And you can actually, if you have Facebook, you can actually go on there and look at the pictures of that ministry. And I, I can tell you what the name is, Fundacion Manitas de Amor. If you want to go on there and look, for those of you who speak Spanish, those of you who don't speak Spanish, you're not going to get that, amen? But if you'll go on there and look for it, you can see pictures and see what God is doing. That's the ministry that Carla and I started uh, 15 years ago in Costa Rica, and so it's doing a great work. And I want to just send something down to them to help them out and see if we can plant more seeds in that kid's ministry, amen? Is everybody all right with that? So let's bring our change next week and bring a special offering for that. And I know, as Pastor said, that God is going to continue to provide. Summer is always scary. Summer is always scary uh, for the finances. Amen. I know it's like that for y'all too because everything goes up. The electric bill goes up, especially the electric bill. This electric bill is horrible. But we've done things to make it better. But just be praying and believing with us that God will continue to take care of all the needs and get us through this summer. And we'll be faithful. If we'll be faithful, God will take care of it. Amen. Oh, I want to... Uh, I want to preach a short message tonight, but I also want to get a few testimonies. I believe that there's some testimonies from the revival. But I want you to go to the book of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And we've got uh, one particular testimony that happened before the revival that I want to, us to hear in just a second. But I want to lead into it by giving a, a scripture. And we were talking this morning about the spirit or how to keep the spirit of revival alive. And how many would agree that those things we went over are things that we have in our church, amen, and we're contending for, and continuing to ask God that we would have His presence in our services, that we would be soul winners, that we would preach the cross, that we would have the force of prayer in our church, that we would get people saved, that we would disciple them, that we would multiply them, and last but not least, who remembers the last one, just offhand, anybody happen to remember the last one? Just offhand, I know it's Sunday, I know you are taking naps and your brains aren't working. I'll give an extra bonus to somebody if they remember that last one. All right. 
Uh, that's okay. That's why you take notes. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why we take notes. See, good for you. If, we don't, that, that, if I don't take notes, I don't remember anything. Amen? I don't remember to, to wake up if I don't take notes. Amen. So the last one is that we would love one another, have a genuine love for one another. But we talked about how to keep that spirit of revival going. And, and Destiny, my sweet daughter, told me this morning, she said, I, I have a thought for you. And I'm always asking my daughters and my wife, what, do you, what, what can I preach on? You know, it's, it, you got to realize, preaching three times a week, you, you're praying and you're asking the Lord, but sometimes you can run out of ideas. And so I'm r- looking for, for ideas on things people want to hear, things people want to know. And she gave me a great thing for tonight. And she said, she said, this was on her own. It was revelation from her. It was exciting to hear. She said, you need to preach on the spirit of a new convert. Amen. And I thought that was a great thought. It goes off perfectly of what we were talking about this morning, that we as believers should have the spirit of a new convert. Okay, how many remember when you got saved? It could have been last month or it could have been 50 years ago. But when you, when you got saved, there was an excitement that you had. There was, a, there was something that, that just, it was so new and so amazing. I told you this morning about my brother-in-law, how, how exciting it is to see and hear him talk about his relationship with the Lord and 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 I and I said how neat it was to listen to him as somebody because you know so how many in here I just want to know this how many in here uh, were somehow some way no let's do this we're we're raised in church let me see your hand if you were raised in church okay maybe half then you got some in here that that uh, maybe had some kind of some sort of church. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, experience. Uh, you you had you know maybe some friend took you to church. Maybe how many had something growing up where someone kind of planted some seed? Is that you? Okay, a couple people. And then how many uh, didn't go to church at all? You I mean just weren't church people at all. Didn't know anything around. Okay, so we got a little bit of everything. To me, all of them are great. Amen. Thank God. And, and, and it helps us get to that salvation moment. But there's something about leading somebody to the Lord that has absolutely no church background. It's exciting. Because when we've heard things, we think, well, I've heard that before. And we get this mentality that, oh, I've heard that before. And, oh, I've been there before. And, oh, yeah. And, and so it's just kind of a familiarity. But it's so awesome to talk to somebody like my brother-in-law who in his house never, ever was in church. Had never, I mean, and you're talking about someone who maybe had gone to church for some funerals or for a wedding or something, but never been to church. And so he told me last week, I can't remember if I told you guys this or not, in another uh, message he gave me, he said that he began to, to read his Bible. And he said he didn't have a Bible. One of the things I, I really wanted to do before he left was I wanted to get him a Bible. And we, we ran out of time. So I'm going to look for him for one here because he wants one in English and in Spanish. If you talk to my brother-in-law, he speaks really good English. And uh, he, he wants one in English and Spanish, but he was joking with me, and he said that I got a Bible. He said, but I got it. I got it. One of those, he goes, one of those old Catholic Bibles that weighs about 20 pounds. And he says it's super huge, and it's got all these pictures of the Vatican in it and stuff like that. And he says, I, don't, I want a different Bible. But he's so hungry, he doesn't care what he's reading. He just wants to read something. Amen? And then he talked today about how he's learning how to pray. There's something in excitement about somebody learning those things. One of the worst things we can let happen to us as believers is let the spirit of the new conversion wear off. 
And that is something that we have to continually re- redo, amen, and remake. It's like, how many of you, is anybody in here like shoes? Let me see if anybody, I'm not, I know we all wear them, thank God, amen. I know Dylan has issues with that sometimes, right? He, li- he doesn't like to wear them so much, but you like shoes, amen? You like to buy them, you like different types. I like shoes. You know how it is when you buy that new pair of shoes, how you put it on, you don't want no one to step on it, you don't want no one to, you don't want to get them dirty. I mean, you're, you're wiping them off when you first get them and all that. Right? There's, this, there's, that, there's that newness, and that could go to a car. That could go to clothes. That could go to whatever it is that you like. When you get something new, there's a newness to it. And there's something exciting about newness. And I think that we have to be careful, and this is such a great thought for my daughter, because we have to be careful not to allow ourselves as believers to lose that, that excitement that a new convert has. And that's why we're so adamant about reaching the lost and preaching the gospel because a church that is healthy always has new people coming in. I mean, I've been in some churches that I'm not talking bad. One of the reasons that I didn't like church growing up is I was in, it was in a good, it was a good Bible preaching church, good spirit and all that. But somehow they lacked the part of outreach. And they lacked the part of reaching the lost. And they lacked the part of soul winning. And it's like we were the same people all the time. And then I I got saved and I started thinking, man, there's a whole lot of people that need to get saved. And I'd go into these churches and I'd preach in them. And sometimes I'd go back the next year and go back the next year. And I'd see the same exact people every time I went to preach in the church. And I said, something's wrong here. The church has got to have some new babies. Amen. Amen. It's, it's kind of cool like in the, in the physical. We got all these new babies. We got five babies that were born last, week, last year in one week. And there's, this, there's just something about the newborn baby. Well, the church needs newborn babies. The newborn babies bring excitement to the church. And they, they rub off on other people. And so that's something I think as a church, along with keeping the spirit of revival alive, we need to work on. Can you say amen? So look at Mark chapter 5 with me. And I want to read a story of a mighty conversion. Many of you have, have heard this before, read this before. But I want you to see it again. Verse 1, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. This is one of my favorite stories. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, Mark chapter 5, verse 2, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. No one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and by the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Sounds like a wild animal. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. But when Jesus saw him from far off, he ran and worshipped him. And when he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now in this chapter, I'm going to continue reading. There's a thousand directions you could go with this story, but I'm going with one that's later on. And it says, For he says to him, Come out of the man unclean spirit and then he asked him what is your name and he answered saying my name is legion for we are many a legion is theologically been told that it's 2,000 demons that's a lot of demons 2,000 demons in one person 
So this guy was really full of demons, amen? And it says, and he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country because spirits look for a place to abide. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains and all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. And look, there were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Dumb devils. (laughs) Amen. They committed suicide. They didn't want to go anywhere, and then they ran themselves into the water. Then they came to Jesus. Look at this. Sorry. Now those who fed the swine fled. You can imagine what that would look like to see 2,000 pigs run into a lake and kill themselves. And they fled and, and went into the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been, thank God, been, amen, he was and no longer is demon-possessed and had, thank God, past tense, legion. Sitting and clothed, watch this, and in his right mind. Amen? And they were afraid. Isn't that interesting how you could be afraid when somebody gets into their right mind? Amen? Have you ever been freaked out by a miracle? Have you ever seen something be some way so long that when it changes, you've expected it for a long time, and then it happens, and you're actually surprised and afraid? Isn't that funny? They were actually going, hey, this isn't normal. What happened to the guy we know is cutting himself and screaming and in chains? And it says they were afraid. And then look what it says. And those who saw it told them how it had happened to him who, I like how he says it again, had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat... He who had been, look at that, for the third time, demon-possessed, begged him that he might be with him. He wanted to go and follow Jesus. And look what Jesus did. He said, however, Jesus did not permit him, but said something he rarely said. Go to your friends. How many remember, just stop for one second, how many times in the scriptures Jesus healed somebody and told them, don't go say anything about me. Remember that? Many times he said that. But in this scripture, he says, Go and to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And look at verse 20. It's what I want you to see in this story. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Amen. That started a revival. When that man went back to his city and began to say, look, remember me? Remember me? Here I am. I'm not the same person I used to be. He turned into an evangelist. The newness of his conversion changed people's lives. The testimony of who he was. We don't tonight glorify somebody who has messed their life up. We don't say, oh, good job. That's awesome. But there is something about the power of Jesus to change somebody who's really messed up. We know tonight, did you know that the greatest testimony is still the testimony that you've never done anything wrong? That's still the greatest testimony. And it's actually the hardest. 
I've never, I've never had sex before marriage. I've never tried drugs. I've never drank. I've never done this. I've never done that. That's a real testimony, and all you young people don't ever forget that. Don't think, well, I don't have anything to say because I've never messed up. That's a lie from the devil, amen? Because you go out there and try something to get yourself a testimony and the devil will take you further than you want to go and he will keep you longer than you want to stay and he will, he's not playing games. So don't believe that lie. The greatest testimony is someone who says, I have served God all my life, amen? And I have stayed the course all my life, amen? That's the greatest testimony. But there is something amazing and powerful about somebody who comes in and is messed up from the floor up. Amen. They're jacked up. They have made every mistake in the book. And, and then God begins to work in them. And God begins to heal them. And God begins to change them. And then you begin to see the transformation in their life. And they don't do it for glory. But they say, man, I used to do this. And I used to do that. But I don't do it anymore. And there's something that gives hope to the people who have messed up that says, man, if God can change you, then God can change me. If God can change you, then God can change my son. God can change my daughter. God can change my family. Amen. And that's what the power of an awesome testimony does. The, 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 the excitement of a new conversion. And so tonight I want to have a testimony when, about uh, uh, something great that happened. I want to have Susie come up here in a second if she wants to get her mind prepared. I know she's nervous, amen. But as she comes up, I'll lead her into it, amen. And I want to tell you that she's one of our newest, if not the newest, converts in our church, amen. And we're so excited about what God is doing in her life. I'll help you up here. You want me to stay down? You want me to come down here? What's better for you? Okay. You don't have to climb up this. I guess you climb up them anyways. But anyway, she's, she's come in through my daughter, Kristen, and Kristen and her go to school together at, at Ogle, and uh, she came in, and she was one of the ones that raised her hand that's had just a little bit of influence, right, but never really been in church, right? When you, okay. And so she came in and got saved here, and uh, she shared just seeing the light in my daughter, and then she has brought in a spirit of excitement, amen, as she's coming to the new believers class, and as she's got baptized, and her family came, and now she's singing on the praise team, amen, and she's, God's moving in her life, amen, that's exciting to see somebody just come in and get involved, amen. And I, I can just see the excitement on her, and I look over there tonight and just see you praising God, and it's so neat to see that. But what happens is, is when you get saved, your excitement touches somebody else. And she got some pretty bad news a couple months ago, a few weeks ago. And so she went uh, down to Mexico to see her father, and I want, I want you to, her to tell you what happened. It's pretty powerful. So my father, um, he had a tumor in his stomach. He had a tumor, like, on top of it, large intestine, so he had to get surgery. He got the tumor out and part of large intestine out, and he's good. He's okay. He's He was in the hospital for about two weeks, but while we, we went to go visit him, um, you know, everybody was telling me, you know, talk, talk about God, you know, tell him about Jesus Christ, how he touched you, and you know, I told him that I, I was in church and everything, and I'm, and I'm doing better, and I'm, I'm, I'm changed. And, you know, he's, he's, he's telling me, he told me, um, he's proud of me, you know, you, you motivate me, but I, I still couldn't, I still couldn't, like, put the words together, like, to, for him to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So the last day that I went to go visit him, um, it was all four of us, my mom, my sister, and my brother, we're all in there, and 
there's only supposed to be one visitor, so the security guard went in there and kind of got us in trouble. And, you know, he told us to, oh, it's only one visitor. Y'all so y'all need to get out. And, um, but before, you know, so he started saying, wait, let me find out what's, what's going on with you. And my dad explained to him what's going on. You know, he has a tumor and he got, yeah. And, you know, it's my fault. Fa- it's, it's Father's Day. Come on, let them, they're my family from Texas. So, and, um, so while that man was there, he started telling, you know, you know what? Jesus loves you. You know, he told, he told my father that. And he started like basically like preaching to us. And it was just amazing. Like he was basically preaching like pastor does. And, you know, he basically asked him if he wanted to uh, accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and savior. And my dad said, yes. And it was amazing. Like, (laughs) I don't don't know how to explain it, but you know, we, we were all crying, you know, so it was good. It was a good experience. And he said he's going to find a Christian church. And, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Thank you, Susan. Praise God. Isn't that awesome how God, God will look at your heart, amen? And I just thought to myself how God orchestrated that. That man came in to say, y'all can't be here, and you, and you don't need to be here just doing his job. And then all of a sudden the Spirit of God came upon him. How many have prayed for a loved one and you said, God, send somebody to my loved one? Amen. Send someone to my loved one that I can't reach. You've tried and, and, and they won't listen to you, but they'll listen to somebody else. And you know what? They were doing their best, but maybe they had to hear it from someone else that wasn't family. Amen. And it hit him and penetrated his heart. And we just need to pray that God bless that, that security guard for listening to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And leading him because maybe it wouldn't have happened. It just needed to be somebody else's words. Amen. But there's an excitement about that. There's an excitement about hearing people get saved. And we've got to keep that excitement. Amen. I want to know tonight, I want to read you one more story, one more Bible verse, if you don't mind going to Acts chapter 2. And then if there's anybody that wants to testify, I want to give somebody a chance. And if there's not, that's fine from if anything that happened in the revival. But I want to get this out. Acts chapter 2. Say amen when you're there. Here's some things that me and Destiny were talking about that, that a new convert has that we need to have. Hunger. There's a hunger that a new convert has for the word of God. They find out how amazing this Bible is and there's a hunger inside of them to learn more. You know what? We can get to a place where we think we know everything in the Bible and we've learned and we've heard and we've heard all the stories. You know what? Every time the Bible opens in a service and you listen to a message, you could hear a verse you've heard 500 times and God could speak to you in a different way. Amen? If you come with a hungry heart for the Word of God, the Bible says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Amen? And so you need to come with that attitude. Another one is is, is, is new converts are willing. Amen? New converts are willing. They're willing to work. They're willing to go. They're willing to do because they feel like, well, I've wasted a lot of time already. Amen? I can make up for some lost time. Another thing that they are is they're available. New converts make themselves available. As we have been saved for a while, we just somehow begin to fill up our itinerary with other things. When we first got saved, church was it. Going to church, going to prayer, going to outreach, going to every event that there was there, we were there. But now we can get saved for a little while, and all of a sudden our availability begins to close down on us. 
Amen. I'm not, I'm not condemning nobody. I'm just saying how it can get. Amen. And we can begin to be unavailable for the things we used to be available for. And then that can lead to the next thing, which is, well, I, I, I don't have time for church tonight. I, I got to work or I got to do this, so I got to do that. And then all of a sudden you miss the Wednesdays. And then all of a sudden, well, Sunday nights, I got my, my Sunday nights filled up. And then you turn into an SMO. And then after an SMO, you're coming no mo. Amen. You don't want to be a no mo. Amen. If you're an SMO, you're just one step from a no mo. So we need to be careful about that. We need to keep ourselves available. And as we're keeping ourselves available, another thing that happens, we stay excited. A new convert is excited. There's a spirit of excitement that they bring. Another one is they're enthusiastic. They're enthusiastic. They're, there's a faith there that says, yes. Someone, someone, someone's pastor says, we need 50 more chairs. How many believe? And the new converts, yeah. yeah. Hallelujah, we can do it. Amen. We can take the land. Joshua and Caleb were new converts. They were young in the Lord. And they went to spy out that land. And the ten religious folks said, we can't do it. They're too big. And the two new converts said, we can take the land. Amen. We need some more new converts and the spirit of a new convert to come upon our church. Amen. And say, we can take the land of Denton, Texas. And the last one, as I said at the beginning, new and worn off. You can't allow our, our excitement to wear off. We can't allow this, the newness of God to wear off. That's why his scripture says, my mercies are new every morning. Amen. And great is his faithfulness. Look at the book of Acts chapter 2. I just want to read one more scripture to you. Peter's preaching. We know all about Peter and how he changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says in verse 37, he's preaching. And all of a sudden, when they heard this, Acts 2.37, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? I want you to think about this for one second. Analyze with me for a second how miraculous it is when somebody gets saved. I've been using my brother-in-law a lot. Somebody who's never been in church, somebody who in their mind are good, somebody in their mind doesn't need the Lord, somebody in their mind is just in a different direction, and they're listening to a message, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit of the living God cuts them to their heart. And they get to what the Bible calls the valley of decision. And all of a sudden, there's a choice that needs to be made. And all of a sudden, they're thinking things they've never thought they're seeing things they've never seen. Didn't, don't the parables say that? That as Jesus was teaching the parables, they would hear but not understand. They would see, they would, they would see it but not understand. They would listen but not understand. Why? Because the Spirit of God had not penetrated their hearts yet. It had not got them to a place where they were cut to their heart. And all of a sudden their eyes opened up and they said, I need Jesus. Amen. How many of you were there? All of us. We were there. We were, we, were, we, we were just in our own place. And all of a sudden, one time, one message got us. And that night, that day, that place, the altar call was given. Or somebody prayed with you on the phone. Or somebody prayed with you in person. And all of a sudden, you were cut to your heart. And you said, I need Jesus. Do you, are you thinking about that? How come all the days before you didn't? And all of a sudden, you do. It's a miraculous thing. When somebody gets saved. Then Peter said to them, repent 
And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. You know tonight that we preach in this church that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. Amen. He says it right there. Those who believe can be filled and it's the promises for you and your children and all who are far off. Amen. It's not just for the book of Acts. Can you say amen? Come on. Give the Lord a hand because he knows the Holy Spirit is in control. We need the Holy Spirit in our church. Amen. He says it's for everybody. And then he says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them and said, be saved from this perverse generation. Then, watch this, those who gladly received, see there's that excitement, gladly, joyful, received. His words were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 souls in one day. And watch what happens with the excitement of conversion. They continued steadfastly. In the Apostles' Doctrine. You've read this before, but I want you to see it from this angle. And fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the Apostles. And all who believed. Look at, this isn't talking about the church that, that already existed. This is talking about new believers. New converts. The spirit that came upon them was, I've got to get to church. The spirit that came upon them was, I've got to fellowship. The spirit that came upon them was, I've got to learn what the Bible says about my life. Have you noticed that, that when you get saved, something inside of you is telling you, I need to learn more about the Bible. I don't understand all this thing. Now, I'm, I want you to get this right here. This is where the rubber meets the road of the message. Be careful. Be careful that you, lo that you lose that. Don't lose that. We may have lost that. You might have lost it and not even noticed it. That's one of the things you've been maybe realizing in the whole fan and follower series. Do I still love God? Do I still have a desire to serve Him? Am I still excited? I mean, I see people all the time who begin to forget and realize that they need to be at church. I've made it. I'm good. I know the scriptures. I'm okay. No, you're not. He says, continue. Don't forsake the assembling together. Amen? If you begin to think that you are good, you're not. I said that this morning. Be careful that you feel like you've arrived. That you feel like you know it all. I don't like to be around people that know it all. Amen? Because they don't know it all. Nobody knows it all. Especially when it comes to the things of God. There's always new revelation from the word of God. There's always something I can learn every day if I listen and keep my ears open. Amen? And he can show me what I need for that day. These new converts had an excitement and they began to probably rub off on the other people and say, Hey, uh, what are we doing tonight? Where are we going out to eat after church? Hey, where, where, who's, who's having their house open? Let's break bread together. Let's fellowship. There was probably the new converts who were wanting to do that when the old converts wanted to go home and go to bed. But thank God for new converts. They say, hey, let's go, where are you going out after? Let's go fellowship. Amen. Don't get to the place where the prayer happens and you shoot to the car and get out of here. Amen. Fellowship with the people. 
Get to know other people. Go out with people and break bread together. And be in, it says, so continue, they continued daily with one accord in the temple. Broke bread from house to house. Ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praised God and had favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Am I doing all right, Destiny, with your message? All right. I tried to get her to do it. She wouldn't do it. Amen. we got to keep that excitement and fire and desire and burden and, and, and happiness and hunger for the things of God. And never get to that place of being stale. How many like stale food, stale bread, stale chips? Yuck. Because the other word we talked about was freshness. New converts bring a freshness to the church. Amen. Sometimes us old converts can be stinky and boring and in a rut. And we need some freshness to come around us. Amen. We need something to come around and says, hey, Jesus is still alive. So a couple weeks ago, we did vacation Bible school, and all of our old, old folks got all excited and became kids again. Amen. You should have seen them. They stayed after the thing and played games. They'd, we did this, this game called Chubby Bunnies. You put marshmallows in your mouth and have to say Chubby Bunny. We were done and tired, and everybody stayed after, and all of our workers played Chubby Bunny. Amen? you got to do something to stir up the gift inside of you, like 1 Timothy says. Amen? Get some excitement. If you begin to get in a rut, go find some new convert and say, hey, let's go get some coffee. And let their excitement rub off on you. Let their questions rub off on you. Let their, let their fervor run off, rub off on you. Amen? Don't hang out with the people who are religious and boring which I don't think we have too many in this church, praise God. But let's stay excited. Let's stay on fire for God, amen? And that's not an age thing. That's just an idea. It's a mentality. We've got to keep the church fresh and young. Go to Psalm 42. I'm going to close with that in a second. But how, does anybody in here tonight want to testify about anything that the Lord did in the revival? Anybody in here? Just raise your hand. I'll let you do it. Anyone, anyone? Miss Phoebe, come on up here, please. I'm going to close in just a second with Psalms 42, but I want, I want to have anybody share what's going on in the revival. Well, the revival, it revived me because I tell you, I'm thinking that I was all, you know, just ready with everything with my campus ministry. But when Pastor Gould, he got up and talked, and I said, well, what am I doing for my church family? I need to get more involved with my family. And so the Lord rebuked me and let me know that I need to be available more for my family. And so I just want to let everybody know that I'm revived, and I'm ready, and I'm available. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Anybody else? Now, remember, she was the one that was dead a few months ago, right? Everybody remember that? How long ago was that, Miss Phoebe? Already? A year? Wow, time flies when you're having fun. Amen. Well, if you're here, come on up, Dwayne. It's okay. If you're here and you don't know her story, one year ago she was dead. She was dead. She was on a respirator, and they were about to take her off. The family had signed the papers. And God did a miracle and raised her up. And here she is, alive, amen, serving the Lord with all her grandkids. Look at all her grandkids around her, amen. Isn't that awesome? Grand, grandkids, are you happy that grandma's still here? Amen. That's pretty awesome, huh? Amen. Dwayne? Well, I just want to start when I first started. Came to a revival. 
and you know, me and my wife, now, we got back together, but before we started talking again, we wasn't best friends at all. Like, could almost say my worst enemy almost, you know? Like, we didn't talk at all. And then that day that I went to work and, you know, the lady invited me and, you know, then I called her and long story short, she came and we came together and been together ever since. But, you know, even though we've been married, you know, it's, it was still hard, you know, trying to get out of our individual selves, out of, you know, like me doing this and her doing this. And, you know, and she just, after its revival, it's just like she just took a lady, took a girl, you know, just took her back in the prayer room, something I've never seen her do before, you know. And just started doing that, and you know, and now we go to the prayer room together, you know. So it's awesome. And then, you know, we was just in the car talking after we, you know, got blessed with our new car, you know, our new van, you know. Um, so we was just talking, and she was like, you know, well, she had this money before we started talking, you know. And I don't know, like I just felt like it was hers not ours you know so I was like okay whatever so and then like I said she put some of that put that money down on the van you know but it was like well maybe God wanted me to get rid of that money that was mine you know and so that we can start building up what's ours you know so it was just that she just started talking about us more instead of her or me it became us and that's what happened during that revival, and, you know, I'm excited. So. Amen. That's good stuff. Say us. Say us. Well, y'all ain't saying it very convincingly. Say us. That's a good word. Us. We. Amen. When you talk about your family, your church, and your business or anything, we. It's a team thing. Amen. Don't say I. Say we. There's something powerful about us and we. There's a power of agreement and unity there. Amen. And that's a powerful word right there. That preach all by itself. Amen. So anybody else? All right, Brenda. Well, for um, all of you who might know or might not know, we've had a home that my mom lived in that was a guest house that we've allowed a lot of pastors who've come in and done revivals and preached to stay in. And so this was the last time that a pastor or anyone's going to get to stay there because we just moved. And it was such a blessing in all the years that my mom had that home that she could give to so many people. And it's been real hard on me this last week to move and leave it. And But it's such a blessing that we got to bless so many pastors to stay in that home. And um, I'm thankful for this church family because I'm a little worn out right now with moving and all the help that people have given. And the revival was really good for us during this time of, of moving. And um, I just, I'm very thankful for every, all of you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Us and we. Amen. Laura. Revival. Revival. We need revival. Amen. Amen. So I'm always excited when we have the revivals, especially when they start praying for healing for people. And I'm, you know, the first one that's just there praying in the spirit and trying to help any way that I can. 
with that. And on Sunday night, when you know, after he kind of set everybody else down, and then he said, you know, I f- feel like there's somebody here who has a child that's um, has night terrors, and I almost just cried because Gavin has had night terrors since he was six months old, and it's not all the time. I mean, it may be once a month for a couple nights or like every six weeks. But what touched me was that. Even if it only ever happened once, God cared about that and that he didn't want that to happen again to our son. And typically what we find tends to trigger it, if we get home late and he's been asleep in the car seat and then we have to move him and he stays asleep in his bed, then he'll end up waking up through all through the night. And every 30 minutes to an hour we're in there and he's thrashing around, he's crying, we can't wake him up from it. We just have to kind of sit there and calm him down Well. Three times this week, we've had to move him from the car seat to the bed with him asleep, and not one single night has he had a terror. So that was awesome. Then on the other hand, we had another thing. Um, you know, We're waiting to hear the results for the film that we did last month for the film competition. And uh, two weeks ago on Sunday night when Pastor preached about you know being a fan or a follower and praying and fasting well before I got pregnant we were fasting once a week and then I got pregnant it was like wasn't really getting the clarity and felt like okay maybe my body's saying it's building a baby so I need to eat that day and we really hadn't got back in a routine of it and anybody that has more than one child knows too it's hard to find the time to get on your knees and to to really make that time again with a newborn and so trying to find that time and and God that night said, you know, I want you to fast, you know, tomorrow for the film. And I want you to, and he said, and pray to win. Now, I told Chris, I said, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's win souls, if that's just winning one award, win the whole thing, whatever. But that's what God said. So we fasted on Monday. We prayed to win. And then this Sunday night, too, during the altar call, um, before he had had me bring Gavin up, God was saying, okay, we were supposed to find out last Wednesday. So he was telling me, okay, I want you to pray that, uh, fast and pray the next three days. So we prayed Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Well, Monday night I got to church, and Chris said, well, I kind of have some bad news. They've pushed the date back. We're not going to find out till next Monday or next uh, Wednesday. So it'll be this coming Wednesday we're supposed to find out if we're being screened, if they're going to show our film at the competition, and if we're a finalist for any of the awards. And if you all know my husband... Okay, if anybody that has known him since the beginning, he said, this, he said, well, I'm not going to fast until next week unless God tells you that we need to fast. And I said, okay. I said, well, that's a really long time, a week and a half, 10 days. You know, but So halfway through the altar call, he said, has God given you revelation on fasting? And, I, and which, I mean, for him to even ask at that point, I was pretty impressed. I'm like, well, no, not yet. So I was kind of praying a little more specific, and I felt like God had said, I already told you last night, pray, fast the next three days. That's done. We're moving on. So we'll go to the next thing, you know. So I kind of told him, and I said, oh, no, no, we are going to fast the next three days because that's what God told you to do to begin with. And I just was like... Oh my gosh, that's so awesome! So, any of Chris really likes to eat. If any of y'all are his Facebook friends, you know that, because he'll post on food before he'll post on anything else. So, so that was in my mind, just knowing, you know, when you have a birthday, just knowing everything that God's done in the last year for us, and and seeing that. But then that was a huge blessing too. So, awesome, awesome, praise God. I hope I hope I don't have anything to do with his night terrors. Turn the church lights off on him. 
<laughs> it's dark. It's dark. It's pastor. It's dark. I had to turn lights off once. You didn't have no nightmares that night? Good. I don't want to be the culprit. Anybody else before we close out tonight? Come on. Amen. Okay. I'm about to get really personal here, but since you guys are family, um, I hadn't told anybody, not even Jennifer or my family or anybody, um, but I had been feeling something in my, in my, left, my right breast that wasn't like my left one, and it just felt weird. And, um, but I didn't know what I was doing, so I just left it alone, and I was kind of scared to go to the doctor and have it checked out, and I just put it off and put it off. And um, Sunday night when, I mean, we're sitting there praying, and he said, there's someone here with an issue with the growth in their breast, and it, it just hit me. So um, I, believe in heal I, I believed I was healed. I, I knew I was healed. And so I, I went ahead and made the appointment with my doctor. I wasn't scared anymore. And I talked to her about it, and she told me that it was just, it was normal um, at my age, and that there, my body's just changing. And I'm still making an appointment for, for mammograms and all that, but I'm healed. <laughs> Praise God. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Still heals. Nicole? We haven't had testimony service quite a while, huh? speaker no more praise God <laughs> um, well a lot of you know that we've had a lot of uh, health issues with my grandma and she's had a lot of uh, problems with her medication since I've been here since February and so uh, she was in the hospital for two weeks and then she, and then she got out and uh, I had been trying to bring her to church because I just knew that she needed healing I knew that you know whatever we could do you know, God could do it. And I, and it was a struggle every day. You know, I'd be like, grandma, let's get up and go to church. And she'd be like, I'm not feeling well. I'm not, you know, and I got her to come twice to this revival, you know, since she's been home from the hospital and she's just been, you know, I'm just going to give it to God and this and that. And so Sunday night he, um, called somebody up that had, uh, And she has vertigo, and it's caused from her being a flight attendant and hearing the engines all the time, and so she can't hear very well, one, and it makes her balance really bad. <laughs> and she wears these god-awful heels. Anyways, we're not going into that. <laughs> but she said um, that when he put her hand, his hands on her ears, that they just felt so hot, like they were on fire, and that she could feel the stuff behind her ear just start breaking up and we were in the gas station afterwards and she can't she has the tv on full blast and it's a huge tv and she can she can't hear it she's like what they say and turning it up and we're like 15 feet away from her in the gas station and donnie's like watch this and he's like grandma and she's like what i'm trying to get some donuts <laughs> And so we're like, oh, my gosh, you can hear, you know. And so we're like, you know, we're just thanking God that she's healed um, and that we got her to come twice, and she rededicated her life to, to God. And uh, so we're trying to get her to come more often, and so we just praise God. Amen. Come on. That's awesome. Praise God. 
Anybody else? Last one, Donnie. Amen. Last one, unless there's another one. Howdy. Uh, during this revival, we was praying right before revival. You could just feel God saying, hey, this is going to be a great revival. You're going to feel my presence. It's, man, I tell you what. Uh, well, right before revival started, uh, we were at the racetrack. We just got done shopping at Wally World. We seen this woman running across that field on university from Walmart to the racetrack. She was looking back, crying. We picked her up. She said some guy was assaulting her. Um, we tried to help her out. We took her back to her house. In her house, we could tell there was just negative, evil spirits in that place. And out of this mist of evilness, we've seen these two people, Jordan and Angel, the couple that we brought, just like a something about them. God placed them on her heart. Um, we, we need to help these people the best we can. Now, Nicole and I live with Grandma, and we don't have much, but we said, hey, um, we go to church. They heard that and said, hey, we're, we've been looking. We, we need to go to church. We need to learn more about God we're seeking. And the, um, Angel's 19, Jordan's 21, so I'm like, let's take them home. Let's take them home for a little bit. And, uh, well, they decided to come to our house. Uh, uh, well, we were praying for them the first night. Uh, they didn't really go to church on Wednesday, so when revival started, we kept on communicating with them, and they decided to come on Tuesday during the revival. What? Wednesday? Yes, Wednesday, but anyway. So we kept on praying, and I just had them on my heart, and then Pastor Gould mentioned something about uh, there's a young man that needs uh, his knee healed, and I was just thinking about these, forgot about my knee pain, and well, then I got home. I was like, Nicole said, uh, hey, why didn't you go up there? It's like, oh, man, my knee. <laughs> well, uh, like I'm all walking, all cockeyed. and Well, I, I, I text Pastor right away. I'm like, oh, man, is it too late to get healed? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was scared. I, I, did, I was like, Lord, help me. And so the next, uh, next day, uh, we got, I went up here for the healing, and Man, my leg, I used to just, when I raise it up, I had to go all the way around like that. But now I could just. And Wednesday, this this couple came. Man, they, they were just talking. We were talking about Jesus the whole time they were at our house. Grandma was praying. Like, Lord, you are here. You're working. Thank you. Because, you know, I used to think I don't deserve anything good, but he, he proved me wrong. Thank the Lord. Well, I'm a little shy, so. Yeah, we can tell. Amen. Musicians, you can come tonight. Amen. That's there's new converts right there. Amen. Getting up and and sharing their faith. Amen. It's so exciting to see them grow. We got to keep that going. Amen. Hang around these young folks. Hang around these new people. Let their excitement wear off on you. Amen. If you begin to get in a rut. Go, you know, the, work, the best thing you can do when you get down is go tell someone about Jesus. Go outreach, amen? Get, get, get the devil back. Don't just pity party. Go get the devil, amen? And go after him and tell somebody about Jesus, amen? Praise God. Let's, let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we thank you for this service. And God, we thank you for 
the opportunity to be in your house tonight. Lord, you're, you are moving and we are in revival, God. And Lord, I want to give you the glory and the honor and the praise tonight for, for everything you did through the ministry of Pastor Gould, God, and his obedience while he was here. And we just pray once again that you would just bless him and that he would know that he was used, Father. It's so important to know that when we go somewhere and we minister that you used us. And I just pray that he would get the glory for all these miracles. And I just thank you for these tangible, real miracles of real healing and real deliverance, Father, that we had. And, Lord, the best is yet to come for us. We believe that tonight. And, Father, we just ask you to touch our hearts tonight. Prepare our spirits, Lord, for this time of the altar. As we're going into Monday, starting the week off, Lord, let us have a powerful ending to this Sunday today, a beginning of the week tonight, God. As you're here and your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed all over this place, 